Hello and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm your host, Jeremy, from Liquid Courage Entertainment in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Jacob Hine with Hindsight Trivia in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm Calvin with Footnote Trivia over in San Francisco, California. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, very good. Just finished up Memorial Day uh, barbecues and uh, ready for nap time here soon. Nap yeah. time sounds good. I'm pretty tired as well. I went on a little camping trip for Memorial Day weekend. So it's my first kind of step back into technology and being behind a computer. That sounds kind of fun. Where'd you go? Oh, I went over to a state park near us in Marin called Samuel P. Taylor. Uh, yeah, rode some bikes, uh, rode some mountain bikes, and uh, yeah, camped for two nights. It was very enjoyable uh, getting ready for that summer outdoor season. Was it uh, hot and muggy or rainy, or was it just the right oh, weather? No, it was gorgeous. It was not windy at all. And those of you who know San Francisco, even in the summer, it gets very windy. So to mm. have still, tranquil, outdoor air, uh, it I mean, there's a reason why the metaphor is a breath of fresh air. So, And you just did, like, just the tent and, like, essentials? Or did you bring an RV? or Oh, just the essentials. Uh, anything that fits on a bike. There you that's go. A, that's yeah. the way to do it. So, yeah. that's It's it's a strange other hobby outside of trivia. I It's like one hobby I spend my entire time reading books and hunch behind a computer. So I guess I have to do the other extreme of no devices whatsoever. It keeps me balanced. But man, a barbecue would have sounded real nice. Let me just say that. That does sound like a lot of fun. I uh, unfortunately uh, pulled the short straw and I was on call all weekend. So oh, no. um, I went to my office in the other room was as far as I traveled. <laughs> Although I did get some Chipotle for lunch, so I can't complain about that too much. Yeah, well, treat yourself. Get some get some guac, right? It's the it's the holiday. <laughs> So did you guys have any, uh, well, obviously Calvin definitely not being out of town. Uh, Jacob, did you have any shows this weekend or? Uh, no, I actually took, I'm on my second week of my two week break for online trivia uh, on the weekend. Um, so that'll start up next week on June 6th, which everybody will know by now when this releases. Uh, but no, my live show has not stopped yet. So very thankful for that. Happy to be doing it. I actually took the very first break since starting virtual trivia for so it's my first break in 61 weeks 62 weeks and that's going to be well for all you listeners already happened but it hasn't happened yet for us recording but yeah that's my first one so yeah it's about time uh yeah that sounds like it's definitely due uh so you going back this week are you taking like a, a week off or was it just one show Oh, I got another outdoor thing planned for next weekend, so... Uh, there you go. Exactly. Might hey, take well. some time to enjoy it, you know? Indeed. It's like three months down the line. Where's Calvin? He hasn't been a show in a long time. I'm outdoors, guys. Well, you'll find out if a bear got me, so... Yeah. Well, that would make for an interesting story. Although we oh, miss you. Gosh. Yeah, my, when I get back, it's just like three rounds about how to protect yourself against different bears in the outdoors. <laughs> Well, uh, when you get back to the shows, uh, you hoping to see a lot of the same people? Yes, I am. I'm hoping that most of my regulars uh, that I have seen earlier take their break off too, and they're back at it again when I return, because that's really important to me, to have strong audiences 
and therefore strong audience engagement at my shows. It's something that I try really hard to encourage. What about you guys? Uh, for sure. And that is going to be our topic tonight. Um, as we were working our way towards a transition there into the roundtable discussion. <laughs> that was beautiful, might I say. I mean, that, <laughs> that was, was the most natural transition. That was a little tag team effort. You know, usually it's just yeah. Corey stampeding through. Right. <laughs> we, we got a good duo handed off. Exactly. A little shake and bake action. <laughs> so, yeah, our roundtable tonight, as we are unburying the lead there, is uh, audience engagement. Uh, kind of how do we keep how do you keep your audience engaged uh, throughout the show? Uh, and also kind of breaking that off into um, some of us really uh, do more online uh, shows than we do uh, live shows uh, over the past year and how that differs a little bit with how to keep those audiences engaged uh, with your show. So let's uh, kick this off a little bit with um, let's talk about the, the difference of the two. Actually, uh, we'll go deeper into, uh, I think, more of the in-person stuff uh, down the line. But we, we have two different two different kinds of games that are going on right now uh, for most of the trivia community. Some of us do online via Twitch or Zoom, um, you know, as well as once the bars open or as you guys have seen, you're already back into bars um, or getting into bars, I should say, um, kind of where the two sides of that cross and how they're how they're different in other ways let's start with a uh, zoom um for you guys that have done zoom uh i i can go into the twitch stuff for sure um why don't you give us an overview of kind of how that works uh when you're dealing with your audience absolutely so i can get started so um i've done all of my virtual games on zoom um so it's it's public as in you can sign up for it but you just have to RSVP and you can get on the list on my website. So anyone can join. It's not exclusive by any means, but um, I picked Zoom at the really beginning because uh, to be super blunt, I was doing it for my own personal benefit. I like seeing other people's faces when I'm hosting trivia. It doesn't feel as one-sided and I just wanted to be able to kind of feel that social atmosphere of people gathering, even if it was a virtual meeting and uh, being able to, or I was able to, uh, Zoom was able to provide that for me. So it was a kind of decision I made really early on. I didn't like agonize over it by any stretch, but it was just kind of like, okay, I prefer Zoom. And then, you know, once you get started on the first thing and once you set up how you're going to do it, everyone gets used to it. And then I just kept on going. And I do like that kind of social aspect of Zoom. To me, that's the most, that's, the biggest reason why I would pick Zoom. So with Zoom, you can um, everybody can talk back. And I've, I've been in a Zoom game. I've played it before. Um, so you could say something. Somebody can answer you right there. Uh, no need for typing anything in. Uh, does that has that caused any issues? I'm just curious Ugh. if like people have like just they just start talking or they don't realize their mics on. Initially, it used to be a big issue, like in the opening weeks when people weren't sure. And then so like even at the beginning, a lot of times we would say. Um, there's an option in Zoom where you could force everyone to be muted and they can't unmute themselves. They could only request to be unmuted and then you can improve them. So that kept things like, you know, not interrupted for the longest time. But then gradually as people got used to it and the regulars gained my trust, <laughs> uh, I, I started just slowly being like, okay, I'm gonna say you can unmute yourselves with great power comes great responsibility. If it becomes an issue, you're all gonna lose it. And that's been my standard since then. 
Papa Calvin putting down the iron fist there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a this is a privilege. Host. Yeah. Yeah. I give you many options. Don't abuse them, and we yes. all will be good. Um, yeah. So, f- from the engagement standpoint, um, now that especially even more so now that they're unmuted, um, do they uh, do people feel comfortable? Because I know a lot of people get really weird on web meetings when their face is showing. Um, like not weird in a bad way, but like in the, mm-hmm. uh, they tend to be, some people tend to be quiet. They're like, the people can see everything I do. Oh my God. Um, totally. how do you see the engagement working with that? Like, do people answer back if people become more comfortable with it? So I still mainly try not to have people talk back as much as possible. And I, I think even like Twitch, I would prefer to keep it in the chat. There's, I mean, it's whatever the audience is comfortable with. If they don't want to show their face. Zoom has that ability to not turn on your camera. In fact, one of my best teams, a regular team that plays very, very often, even live, they never use their webcam. So they're just a mysterious trash panda team. And I know what they look like, but I don't know. Maybe they could, one guy could have like grown a full beard. I wouldn't have known. So yeah, it's whatever they're comfortable with. It doesn't hinder the game by any stretch. So you're saying trash panda team, do they have a picture of a like raccoon? Just uh, like well, on their screen. They, it's, it's a black screen for them, but I like to imagine. I should assign them a profile picture. I wonder if Zoom will let me do that. Just put Rocket on there. Exactly. But I actually think that... Yep, go ahead. Do you allow your players to, like, have a... Like, a, before the game starts, like, a, hey, how's everything going to talk to each other? Like, cross the room, if you will. That's a good question. And, like, technically they do, but for the most part, like, even, like, at a live trivia game... Like, people weren't really, like, socializing with other gotcha. teams. Okay. Right. So. Um, the hatred was that strong. Exactly. It's a, it's yeah. we're here to play. I'm not fraternized with the enemy. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, there, I mean, everyone's, I think also kind of Zoom, like, I like seeing everyone's faces. I think other people like seeing other people's faces, too. I've kind of commented previously to some players, or, sorry, other commented to me that, like, Zoom trivia is one of, was one of the only like virtual events that they would see like friendly strangers because all of their other social interactions were planned out with close friends right. or it's with coworkers. So just the very idea of like, oh, there's people that I don't know and I'm seeing their faces and we're kind of interacting. That was like something that I think something I missed and I think something that a lot of people missed. So that's why I like Zoom. But I mean, from the game side and the hosting side, it really is probably a lot like Twitch. I mean, other than the fact that I see people's names, like it's basically mainly chat driven. So uh, let's, we could, we could take a pause from me talking about Zoom all the time and kind of move on to Twitch. Uh, I know you're on Twitch pretty much entirely, or, or do you have a live game as well? Um, for me, uh, I usually just host, uh, I, I did have a live game obviously before this, and I know I've brought that up before, um, but I've really only hosted, uh, with the exception of two shows in the middle of the pandemic when one of the bars decided they wanted to try it and then everything got shut down again. Um, <laughs> and then Jacob, are you also on Twitch? Yes, I am. Slash. I'm on Twitch exclusively. And then yes, I have one live show. Gotcha. So now I get to ask you guys questions about Twitch. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like uh, in terms of audience engagement, you do not get the audience camera, but just like kind of all 
online things, uh, audience is able to chat back and engage there. What has your experience been with having these kind of like usernames, right? Like they're all kind of crazy usernames, like just yeah in chat. It's, it's definitely different. Um, fortunately, a lot of our uh, regulars and even some of our real life friends will come out to the uh, Twitch shows. Uh, so we know what their username is and, um, it's really easy to riff with them and, you know, call them out as soon as you see them pop up in chat and they're really interactive, uh, back and forth. But yeah, it is, um, I, I think it adds a whole new level to the game where in order to engage with the audience, you have to be watching the chat box. Hmm. So not only are you watching Triv now or the spreadsheets, whatever you're using, you're also, you really have to be focused on the chat box as well, uh, between reading questions to see if anybody has a question, um, how do you interact with them that way? If somebody has a question, they need you to answer uh, about what's going on. Um, or if they're just, you know, tossing out random comments or something like that, you got to be really good with answering back and, uh, really having fun with it, um, and show that you're having fun with it and that it doesn't seem like an extra chore. Uh, totally. because it's really not, I mean, honestly, when you're getting to know your players, um, having the chat interaction, really, that, that's all you have on Twitch. Um, it, it's, you said, it's just something you got to get used to if you've never done it before is like, I need to pay attention to this window with all oh, of totally. this information going through it, um, and respond accordingly. Yeah. I know we've talked about chat in the past and you know for some people uh, like jeremy and jason your shows are usually very well attended so you have a pretty good flow of, of chat going on frequently throughout the throughout the game mine can can take some some quiet time once in a while which i expect um especially i i run through my game pretty quick i don't take a lot of time between questions i i'm pretty much a go 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 kind of person so but what i struggle with Mostly is that, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Calvin, but you, no one comes into your game unless they are previously registered or anything like that, right? Like they have to send you, you have to send the invite and all that stuff so they can go into your specific room. Yeah. Okay. So with chat or with Twitch, you know, you want to be discovered, obviously, so that you can grow your channel. And that means random people will just stop in and you're not getting any notification that, you know, a new person has dropped in and they're watching. So you have all these people called lurkers that just sit there and maybe just don't want to play. They don't want to chat. They just have it open and they're, you know, playing trivia in their head for fun with maybe a spouse in bed or something uh, with the TV on. And so you also have to entertain them because if it's just you reading questions and responding only to chat, you know, then the person who is quote unquote lurking is going to feel left out. So I always try to talk about you know, myself, which sounds conceited, but it, it works. I talk about myself, talk about my day. I talk about you know, upcoming events, movies, something that everybody can think about or know about just to try to keep conversation going and to keep the people who may don't, who don't want to maybe chat it, you know, chat the chat just to keep them staying as well. Yeah. To keep them feeling uh, involved, even when they're not personally involving themselves, it gives them something to focus on. It makes them feel, um, like like it's more of an in-person thing. Like they're, you know, they're chatting with friends and there's kind of the guy sitting at the table, not really talking much, but enjoying the company. Um, now, the other thing uh, that Twitch allows, though, which is kind of neat, um, you can just do a bunch of different things with your channel. Um, things that either cost bits or just cost channel points and channel points are free. You get them from watching. Um, like uh, I have a 300 point channel point redemption that makes me put on cat ears. Uh -huh. 
which is oh yeah, good. and I've seen like uh, some for like putting on an accent for a question or or yeah, right, like doing a Yoda voice, whatever it is. So yeah, I guess ah, oh, you're right. I don't I don't do anything like that. My I'm a <laughs> I don't have any way of tracking that for starters. So I guess that is one area where Twitch is kind of pretty good at collecting the metrics of audience engagement in that yeah. regard. And like I said, there's things you can do for bits or for donations or whatever too, because Twitch has all mm -hmm. that in integrated. But um, making sure you fill out your channel points thing um, really helps with engagement on Twitch because people will be like, ooh, once I get to this level or this many points, I can make them do something. Um, and it gives even sometimes the lurkers who haven't said much, you'll see a name pop up in chat if you've never seen that says hydrate. Like, so they're telling you to take a drink of something, which is just something that you put as a low point value, but it's like, it knows that you're, pay it makes them know that you're paying attention. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and I guess in the same way that like, you know, maybe some like people are used to playing Jeopardy at home, right? They're just yelling at the screen. They don't actually submit anything. Maybe people just view trivia as that kind of a a thing, right? Like they're they're not necessarily interested in submitting or winning. They're just kind of filling that Jeopardy niche, but with right. you guys. Exactly. Um and I think that's really all you can do when you're I, I, there's only so far you can go with engagement online. Unfortunately, it's the way it is. Um, the other part of that is if you have a Discord server or something like that, make sure you mention it a few times during the show. Hey, come join us. Come chat with the community yeah. um, outside the of the show. Yeah, find so a team so there. We have, we have chat channels so you can use voice chat if you want. Um, things like that. Um, and it gets people in there and get, talking to other people and just getting to know people making friends. And that really helps with long-term engagement as well. Um, that's more retention, I guess. But... It, you know, you can interact with people and engage with people outside of the game as well, which makes them want to come back or maybe bring friends next time or bring a team, things like that. Yeah. So speaking of teams, kind of like for you guys, uh, roughly like how many of your kind of like typical players are have were players that played your games previously live versus how many were are like you've never met before? Like, do you have a... I mean, I, st I started my trivia hosting online, so oh. um, I, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't have any regular players in real life, um, so um, it's been interesting to get to know people that I've never seen their faces before, and yet I know some of my players, I mean, my regulars, I know one and I, uh, uh, they and I, we share our love for horse racing because I used to work in the horse racing business and so did they. And actually, they still work in the horse racing business. And I think Jeremy knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, they're, they just, I mean, anytime a horse racing thing comes up, it's, it's, already, the question's already done. Like, they already know the answer. <laughs> um, we call that a rogue con in our channel. Rogue, con, yeah, a rogue clown. Um, a rogue con, yeah. I get it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, it's been cool to get to know people that I've never, met in real life and actually not really ever talked to even over a voice chat. Uh, obviously they, they know my voice cause I talk on Twitch, but um, I, if I saw these people on the street, I'd have no idea who they are. Yeah. But we still know a lot about each other, which I think is pretty cool. So that is really neat. And I would say um, for our shows, because uh, you know, we started out with live shows and then had to transition online. Um, at this point, uh, though, because getting to know the trivia community um, at large, uh, particularly through like Geek Bowl and Trivial Warfare groups and Triviality and just really getting to know a lot of people, I would say 
it's maybe 20 to 30% of our in-person players, maybe even less. And the rest are people we've met online. Um, and some have come from just we've posted the announcement somewhere like, oh, there's an online trivia. Let's check it out um, to a lot of people from these groups and people that we've met over the past couple of years. Cool. Yeah. For, for me, it's a little bit of the opposite. I, I think it has to do with the, the barriers that I set up with the whole RSVP thing. So maybe I set myself up, but like I'd say like, three quarters of my players were people that I have met before and the remaining quarter are all acquaintances or indirect acquaintances of them and there's one team that plays a bunch of trivia and they somehow found about my game so they play too they're like the only like team that I think is definitely like completely not related to any other team of mine but uh yeah for, for me it's mainly like um local people for the most part and a lot of people that I have seen before. So it, it was tricky when it all started getting, like I didn't have people's contact information and I didn't have the foresight to collect it. So I, I there's a whole bunch of regulars I wasn't even able to let know that I was doing virtual trivia. So maybe, maybe after a year they're wondering, hey, I wonder what happened to that trivia that that guy used to host. And they just have no idea how to find out about it. So, so that's interesting though. Um... Because I, I feel like Zoom sets itself up that way because you kind of need that invite um, to get to yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we'd both mentioned about how Twitch is like, you could have somebody that you've never met before come in. True. Um, and Twitch is, does a really good job at like promoting and encouraging you to visit other people's channels, I guess. Yeah, especially afterwards with like raiding into somebody else. You take your whole channel and literally take all the viewers that at least stick around for the raid to come over to somebody else's channel. Um to do something there and like i said that, that it's all built into the platform so it's kind of like almost like I said, almost the opposite where like zoom is kind of exclusive like you really need to have that invite or know somebody mm -hmm. to where twitch is very inclusive uh you know you could say that's a good thing or a bad thing in the long run too sometimes uh but uh, because you do have to deal with the random trolls uh, every once in a while yeah but I, yeah yeah in terms of audience engagement i feel like the fact that it's quote unquote more private, because once again, like I, I just want to stress that, like I feel like for everybody's Zoom game, it's not like anyone can sign up. Like I encourage people to sign up. It, it's the issue isn't like oh I don't want the general public to know about it. It's more about like preventing Zoom bombing and so on and so forth. That kind of nonsense, um, right? Because like with Twitch, you're not you're. I think the worst is pretty much like chat, right? You could delete messages and ad administrate that pretty easily. But Zoom is a little hairier. There's naughtier things you can do. So that's why I have that in place. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I've heard stories. It's, it's not It's not supposed to be some secret walled garden kind of thing. Like if, hey, listener right now, if you're interested in playing, you can sign up on the website. Don't feel like Zoom's a barrier. But anyway, um, it does help, I think, with engagement because it does feel kind of like more private. People feel, I, I don't, it feel a little looser, you know, like they're like, okay, it's just like a big meeting with people I've seen week in and week out. So I think it does have that going for it. Yeah. And I don't think one is worse than the other. I think they oh, both have their place and they're both, uh, now that people have learned how to use both, uh, over, especially over the past year, a uh, year and a half or so, um, you know, it, it's become more, uh, it works how, how you want it to work. That's how you want to run your game. And, uh, you know, how that's how people feel comfortable playing. Some people prefer Zoom. 
totally. A lot of people, even uh, viewers that you know were kind of in the Twitch space at the beginning, have been playing more Zoom games. I actually uh, have a question for Jacob because I think yeah. you have an interesting angle from all of us in the sense that you started with a virtual game and then you started live games afterward, correct? Right, correct. So like all of us did live first and then virtual. So we're always comparing virtual to what it used to be like live. What are some of the obs- like what are some observations of like you doing a bunch of virtual games and then going to a live game? Is there anything that you felt <laughs> like, wow, this is weird? Or like, oh, this is like I can't believe we're not able to do blank. Um, it's weird to see physical people staring at you, which I know is <laughs> is obvious, but when you're sitting in front of a computer on a stream and you're reading questions and you're interacting with chat, you've got so much stuff to distract you and to keep you busy and and keep the game flowing. Whereas in a live context, it has, I mean, it definitely has its pros. I love being a live host. Uh, it's just very different because I can actually, I can gauge when to shut up if I know when teams are talking over answers or talking through to get an answer. Um, whereas sometimes on a stream, if there's a long pause of, you know, pause of, of silence, um, I feel like I have to blurp out something just to keep it from becoming awkward. But I don't know if my teams are talking to each other to try to get an answer in. Um, I'm guessing they are. Um, but, you know, at least in a live venue, I, I know like, oh my gosh, they're huddled together. They're talking. I better just shut up because if I start talking, they're going to tell me to shut up. So <laughs> that's been the biggest thing really is just knowing what to do between questions or or when when a question's asked that that you know time or time when they get a chance to talk yeah definitely something that's harder is uh the other side is the over engagement maybe uh with online shows uh, is you don't know if you're talking too much right sometimes yeah i get very self-conscious about that so like i think just being able to like step into a game as a player and then like being like oh i'm trying to discuss a question and this host is talking right now that's super annoying Right. When I'm hosting, I'm going to shut up as much as possible, you know, stuff like that. Or I'm going to stop talking about dumb, chatty stuff and just focus on like key questioning things. I mean, I would hope that I would ever hear one of I mean, my, if my players would ever tell me, hey, Jacob, we literally mute you after you ask the question so we can at least hear each other talk. Like, I would hope someone would tell me that so I would know to just shut my mouth, you know, between questions. Um, but, you know. Well, um, since we, we have kind of talked about the online stuff more in depth uh, in other episodes and sticking with the engagement thing here, let's move into the live show stuff. Um, I know I'm going to be getting back into live shows like Jacob, you said you just started live shows and Calvin, you started in live and moved to online. Um, so in a live venue, now that we're talking about face to face people, um, what does audience engagement look like? Uh, to you, I mean, let's let's kind of go beginning to end of show. What what is it? Uh, what does that look like throughout your show? Let's start with Jacob because he's got like I have to remember what I used to do. You <laughs> <laughs> could describe what he's currently. So, doing. um, I am big on not necessarily greeting someone at the door, um, but if I see a, I obviously I know my regulars. Uh, you know, I've only been doing it a month, but I do have regulars, which is which is great. Um, but if, if a new person comes in, I, you know, I, I get my paper and pencil and hand it over to him and say, Hey, you know, trivia is tonight. If you want to play, it's totally free. If not, 
no big deal, but just let me know if I can help you get set up. You know, we use the app, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, you know, if they say no, that's cool. Um, I also like to chat up with them. Um, but if they are here for trivia, I would like to ask them how they know about it or how they heard about it because uh, it helps me with my marketing. Um, and then, uh, like, in the game itself, like I said, there's that there's that dangerous spot of talking too much, you know, during questions. Um, but if I, I do have a team that's got this smart ass guy that likes to get all the answers all the time. So I actually all just, have the team. Yeah. I mean, I know, guy. but, and I've told him so many times. Um, but you know, sometimes I'll, I'll just be that ass and like walk over there with the mic and be like, Hey, why don't you just go ahead and yell out through the mic so everybody can hear it. And, uh, you know, just, just prove your point even more, but I try to play the funny guy, you know, our job is to not only challenge people intellectually with trivia, but also entertain them for a couple hours. So, you know, I've, I've got to be able to not just stand up there, ask a question and turn on three minutes of music and wait, you know, I, I gotta, there's gotta be more interaction with that. And I think people really latch onto that. So um, I always try to ask questions. You know, I know James does a lot with the, almost like a actual like game show host type thing. He asked them like, Hey, you know, uh, I'm James. What's your name? Are you Mark? Mark, what do you do for like, I mean, he does that because that's his shtick and it's great. Um, I don't go that far, but anyway. Um, yeah. James definitely has an amazing persona uh, that he oh, puts on. Oh gosh. It's amazing. Uh, he's, he's such a natural at it. He's got the game show voice too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know for me, uh, at least, uh, I, I try to recognize the regulars when they come in the door, uh, and greet them when they come in. I try to learn everybody's name. Uh, I'm not the best at it. I, I suck at names and sometimes like, Hey, you, how's it going? Good to see you. You know, things like that. Um, <laughs> but really, um, and then as I do get to know them, you know, try to figure out you know, through conversation, uh, th- throughout the games and stuff like that, trying to figure out, uh, more about them, uh, you know, what they do for a living, uh, what brought them to trivia, things like that, things to be able to talk to them about the next time they come in. Um, so I think it really starts there in a live show, uh, especially as compared to online, because you see people as they walk in, you recognize them. You don't have to wait for them to say something in chat. Um, it's a uh, just recognizing people as they come in the door and being responsive to that. And then uh, as new people walk in, it, it, kind of like you said, exactly the same for me, at least is. Hey, we have trivia going on tonight. Uh, if you would like to play along, uh, come see me. I will gladly walk you through the startup here and uh, give you everything you need to get going. Uh, you know, free to play, all that fun stuff. Uh, any, you know, all the spiel. <laughs> uh, but basically, engage them right away so that they feel welcome. I think is the biggest thing. Um, throughout the game, though, uh, sometimes walk around the tables uh, and chat with uh, some teams a little bit, especially if I notice that they're already, they've already got their answer down and other teams are still kind of huddling. But we do have a timer, so it doesn't give you a lot of time to just sit there and chat. So it's nice to just check in on some of the teams or crack jokes with them, uh, things like that, just to keep yourself or keep them and you engaged throughout the show. Uh, other than that, I mean kind of uh, I think we're all going to kind of have some of the similar stuff here. I don't really put on a persona, so to say, but I do know that I am the entertainment for two hours. So I try not to keep a lot of dead air, especially if uh, Mm -hmm. if teams are just kind of having casual conversation. But if people are working on, you know, if there's a tough question, you can tell it's tough and they're all huddled around knowing what, like you said, when to keep quiet. (laughs) 
not to uh, jump in there and start like talking over the teams that are really having a tough time figuring out a question. Yeah. Now, what about you, you, Calvin? You guys either coming up like there's a very obvious path to being a good trivia host in that regard, or you guys are all like Jacob, you figure it out really quickly because that's exactly what I do. Uh, I don't have the bandwidth to greet them at the door necessarily, but I definitely hand out my uh, back in the live game back in the live games, hand out pen and paper to each team. So that was my time to say hi. Um, everything you said. And the only things I can kind of add on to the end is, yeah, I like kind of like meeting with a different team, kind of in between questions, right? Just like get a little 30 second, one minute window to chat with one team at a time and just try to go around the room, make sure everyone's covered. Uh, I have one kind of a distinct memory of one drunk guy. As I was like coming around, he said to me, are you a teacher? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not a teacher. He's like, well, you would make a really good teacher because you go around just like a teacher and you check in on all the people who are struggling and you don't <laughs> tell them the answer, but you let them figure it out for themselves. I'm like, huh, that's a pretty wow. good point. Apparently drunk people are just like tiny children. So uh, <laughs> yes. that, that stuck with me and resonated with me a lot. That was one of my favorite compliments I ever gotten. So um, yeah, like just like that, like, and ever since then, I never viewed uh, walking around talking to people like I like it's all in a new light. So yeah, just um, in that way, uh, you Jacob, you mentioned uh, learning a little bit more about them. You know, I I like I like learning little different things at a time. Like, you know, I'm not going to ask everyone like, oh, what do you do? Like sometimes it's it's all kind of in the context of a question. Sometimes like yeah. Um, gosh just offhand like i met the great grant nor the granddaughter or some familiar relation to walter cronkite because i asked a question about him and she's like oh you're related to him stuff like that you know or like so one cool. girl's favorite movie was hidalgo because i asked a question about the movie hidalgo she's like i watched that movie every day as a child i'm like that's a weird movie to watch but okay you know like like stuff like that and it just kind of like rounds out people's dimensions and personalities in a way that just what do you do where do you live what's your favorite thing? right doesn't quite cover so that's what i like about trivia and i think and i go ahead i was gonna say i i, I just think it, it it gives the host and this is the same for both on stream and in person it gives the host a personality you don't have to be a, a fake smile all day. Hey, we're going to play some trivia type thing that some people do. And that's fine. But like, just knowing that you care about somebody and like, Hey, you know, I noticed you guys were out last week. Uh, sad you missed you, but I'm glad you're back. You know, let me know if you need any help getting signed in. Is your team name the same? Great. Glad you guys. I mean, it's just like, they appreciate that. They like being loved on. Um, it's just, it just makes it better for everybody. I, I agree. Um, and that's why and it sounds like we all do this. Just like tr like the biggest thing I think with engagement that you can do outside of just trying to be engaging yourself like during the show is getting to know your teams. Um, one of the uh, one of the biggest things that drives me nuts and I won't name any company names, but um, something that a lot of people in the co-op do really well is engagement. Um, and, and I think we've all talked about this kind of just on the discord and stuff before, too, is like. We will go around. We know our players. We get to know them. If there's new players, we get to know them. Find out about them. Um, whereas I've been to shows um, 
particularly uh, my Geek Bowl team and I went to a show before Geek Bowl last year. We're like, let's go play together. Uh, so we get we get practice playing together, you know, outside of uh, the normal environment we're used to, which is Liquid Courage shows. Um, let's go to another show, uh, which is going to be closer to how the one's going to be run at this event um, where you're going to be alone at the table, paper and pencil and do it. Literally the entire game, besides reading the question, the host sat at her table, read a question, played two minutes of music or whatever, played two songs, asked a question, played two songs, asked a question, played two songs, never came around and said a word to anyone. Yeah. I mean, like I just didn't feel like I, I mean, we had fun playing the game because we were there to play trivia, but at the same time, like I, I didn't feel like the host wanted us there. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not defending that, but if hosting is solely a business arrangement where you get paid to host a trivia that you have no affiliation with and or, you know, like you, you don't have any desire to make better or more appealing, then I feel like that's the natural outcome of <laughs> like, like you shouldn't be surprised if your host doesn't go extra for anything, right? Like. It seems fitting for, hey, would you like to read some of my questions for X dollars? Right. Okay, I will read the questions and say the answers because that's it. And you, you reap what you sow, right? And you can <laughs> always tell that host. You can always tell the person that was just there to like, hey, I'm going to make my 30 bucks tonight or 50 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and if, if that's just their job, I, I'm, you know, that, I, that's solely on the company. I don't put that on the host. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying this to like shit on any company or any person, like personal host. It was just, you know, with, with the audience engagement being really what we're talking about here, there was zero at this show. We, we as independent hosts have a slightly, I mean, we're more invested in the quality of our product, right? Versus someone hired to do. Yes and no. I mean, because when it boils down to it, uh, for me as an example, I, I work for Jason when I do trivia, I work for Liquid Courage. But I want to go out there and put on a good show. I want people to come back. I want people to you're talk about anyway, my show. Right? Like, I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like I, for the X hours, then you're yeah. there. You might as well be good at it. Yeah. And I, I love getting to know my players. And yeah, I mean, I've moved up to where I'm like, I, I write questions for our show, like when we have live shows and stuff like that, where I've taken on more of a role in it. But when I first started, um, even with the, I started with doing some karaoke and then I moved into the trivia side and it was like, I can't just stand there and not do anything like that's not how things are supposed to be. Um, And I feel like I would be doing a disservice to myself and the bar, which in the long run, they're the ones paying the bill um, to just sit there and not do, you know, just play a couple songs and read a couple questions. And again, I'm not pointing this at anyone in particular, any company in particular. It's just something I know happens out there regularly. Um, And in the purview of audience engagement, um, having zero is not going to build that crowd, not going to make people want to come back. Um, so I have a kind of like, this is a hypothetical slash challenging ish question, and it might not be a fair one. This might warrant its own kind of separate discussion, but I, I've always been kind of like trying to find the spectrum of like, like I'm trying to put myself in the mind of a audience member, right? Like what does an audience member value in trivia? And like, you know, like I feel like 
in terms of engagement, there is the kind of the host side of it, right? Like how enjoyable is the host, but you also can't discount the actual questions themselves, right? Like it, it's kind of a balance of those two things Correct. that make a trivia engaging. Do you feel like, like once again, this is all rough. Like what do you feel like is the split or sh would you imagine, like would you like the ideal to be between like, the the effort spent on questions versus the effort spent on hosting and i know that doesn't sound right because we should say both but like just to set the extreme like you know robot reading very good questions versus very engaging host reading google impossible questions or right. impossible or googled questions you know like basic junk right top trivia questions on google pick the top 20 and just ask them straight up right like there is some sort of balance to those two sides do you, do you feel like it leans closer to the audience or leans closer to being a good host leans a little closer to the questions is it kind of just eh, it's both you can't really do much about it well i mm -hmm. think if you have shows that are too easy or too hard um you're going to put people off uh, it, it's not even about easy or hard like i'm using this nebulous good yeah. question right because we've, we've gone through previously like there's good easy questions and then there's bad hard questions or whatever and vice versa yeah, exactly. um for sure um I, I think you have to have interesting questions let's put it that way uh i i, yes. I think in order to keep the audience engaged in your show outside of whether you're putting on a persona or if you're just you know being engaging yourself or not People still might not come back if they're not having fun in the game itself. I am playing this the trivia is about like, yeah. And that's, that's the kind of difficulty, right? Cause you're like, if they've heard, like there are hosts out there who are very personable and their questions aren't that good, but people keep going back and then it's like, okay, is that a data point of like, do people not really care that much about the questions though? Cause like as a trivia writer, I would like that to be the case, but you know, like sometimes I see really popular shows with kind of eh questions and you're like, well, I think, I think that there is an answer for that, at least in my experience. And it's unfortunate really, because we, it makes us look like, it makes us realize we work way too hard, but like, for example, the hosts that do sit behind a table, read the question, and then throw on two or three minutes of music. They're asking, and the show that I went to, they asked harder questions or questions mm -hmm. that require multiple answers. So the entertainment factor, if you will, comes within each table yeah. um, because they are having to fill that time to find the question. And then when they finally found out, they're like, oh man, I knew it was that because I remember the story where I had to remember these four names and blah, blah, blah. And then they all laugh about it. And then we go on to the next question. But I know that that would fail if a person who sat behind the counter or behind the table put on a song for two minutes and asked, you know, who was the first president of the United States? You're going to have a very... Gotcha. Yeah, that's a great a point. Great group of pissed people because... They're going to be sitting there for two minutes waiting for your song to end, and they all put their answer in two minutes ago. <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a really good point, right? Like, and we, you're right. There are you can make a question that takes a long time, or yeah, you can make a question that takes a long time to answer. But it it it's kind of like 
it, it, I just, as, as a writer, I, I personally put a lot more emphasis on the questions. I, I like to think that like, if you meet a pretty good threshold of like empathetic, alert, personable, like the audience is cool with that. But you know, like, and this is where I'm getting a little cynical. It's like, I don't know if like, that's the key factor to driving engagement, right? Like, uh, and we're getting a little into like, like this is really just stepping into the audience shoes, but like, like do audiences appreciate an interest? Okay. That's too much. We don't need to talk about this time, but like, you know, like do, are audiences engaged when they more so when they think there's a good question or do what are they more so engaged when they get a question, right? You know what I mean? Like, I wonder, like, what do you think is, like if you when you play trivia, what do you look for the most in a trivia game, right? I guess that's really what it boils down to. Maybe we'll just well, let's just let's just pivot away from my rant and go on to that. Like when you play <laughs> trivia, what what kind of what kind of like uh like we covered the big ones. Is there any kind of like uh like a minor one that you think is kind of important or like what what would you look for to engage you at a trivia game? I mean, I guess as the audience member, um, it really is that middle ground. Um, I, I would probably be more likely to go back if the questions weren't as good, if the host was very engaging. Course, if I yeah. felt like, you That's know, there, there's a friend up there, you know, uh, hosting the show. But um, if the questions are terrible every week and I really went just to play trivia, um, I probably wouldn't go back to that show. Um, so I, th I, I feel like there is... A, you're on the right path with what you're asking because I think that that is part of the engagement. You have to have at least decent questions um, to keep the audience, especially as, as somebody who likes to play trivia as well, uh, to keep them engaged in that part of the show because that is part of your trivia show. Yeah. Um, it's not just the host. There is that secondary. And I really do think in that point, if the host really is engaging and getting to know the teams and the teams are there to play, you know, there's groups of friends they're playing. The questions are secondary. Uh, as weird as it is, not something I ever really thought of before now. That's, you know, the secondary part of it. Um, but I do think they work together. Of course. So. Yeah, it's it's a natural so why they're so popular um gives you a chance to hang out with people and you can talk and answer questions and challenge yourself at the same time it's just it's that's why it's always been it's always worked for for me because i've thought about it a lot like everything you said is completely true right it's it is slightly more of a social thing you know i'm not i'm not like i think people who take trivia as a super highly competitive endeavor like I need to show everyone how much I know kind of like I, I can't really get in that mindset. So I, I can't really speak for that in that regard. But yeah, I think I'm with you. It's all social. But the kind of one takeaway is like it if I'm not like why do I go trivia? It's kind of to learn, which sounds kind of intuitive to, you know, like showing people what I know. But like if I'm not really learning anything, I think that's when I will like subliminally or subconsciously like be like tuning out it's either i'm not learning anything or i'm not hearing anything i think is worth remembering <laughs> you know like so uh for me like hitting that level of like it if i wanted to 
go hang out with my friends, I can go to any sort of event. But a comedy stand-up show won't, you know, like necessarily teach me cool new things I've never thought about, which I think is what I'm looking for in a trivia. And that's the kind of engagement that I value outside of the social part. Yeah, no, I completely agree. A hundred percent on that. I don't really have much more to add to it. I just think that it's, uh, uh, there, you've got to have at least that baseline there. And uh, I think I'm with you on the, like, I love to learn new things at the, at a trivia show. Like I love to be stumped on a question as much as I hate not getting it right. But knowing that I learned something. Yeah. Like my dream, my dream audience member quote is our team didn't get the question right, but we really like the question and we're glad we know whatever thing about the core concept of the question now, you know, like, like if I, I, I would like the feedback I would like to get is if a team can separate whether they got the question right from whether they enjoyed and engaged with the question. Cause sometimes it's tough. You know what I mean? Like sometimes teams like, Oh, I really like that question you wrote and you're, you kind of think to yourself like, Oh, that's kind of a bad question I wrote though. You know, it's like, it's not that interesting, but they got it right. That's why they like it. And you're like, Oh, that's why, that's why you're engaging. It's like, okay. Cause you got it right. So yeah. Like to me, it's like, if I can separate whether they got it right from whether they enjoyed it, that, that would be a new, that's important to me anyway. <laughs> um, so with that said, um, is there anything else you guys uh, feel that we need to add to this? We're going on close to an hour here of the uh, round table. Um, I think we hit a lot of the main points here. Is there anything you guys feel like you need to, that needs to be added? Uh, feel free to hop in over me. No, just, just, uh, just calm to all of you who play regular trivias, maybe like, think about the questions and the hosts in the context that we just provided, you know, like, is, is it, is, do you feel what maybe like think about between you and your teams, you know, what, what do you look for in a trivia in that regard? Like, is it just passing time, background noise to socialize? Are you looking for one kind of like interesting thing or something that we haven't mentioned? We'd be very happy to know. Absolutely. Yeah. Shoot us an email, uh, quadriviapod at gmail.com. Let us know uh, what you think about uh, the engagement at a show. What What is uh, what's something that keeps you around? Why do you as a player keep going back? Or if you're a host out there, uh, what do you think that you do that has brought your players back? Uh, we can read those on a later episode. I think, oh, sorry, I, I know I talked a lot about this, but just one last thing. It's like uh, engagement is how we get better because yes. it's the feedback we use to tune our things so if there's things you think we can improve and or change and or continue doing well engagement is the way we find that out we always need to grow exactly and we always want to grow too that's the other thing yeah and i think it's the other side of engagement too kind of what you said is that feedback um that we get from engaging really does help us become better hosts so with that said, listeners, as, as we mentioned, quadriviapod at gmail.com. Engage with you. us. Uh, like I said, get, let us know what you like and what you don't like that your trivia host does. All right. And then with that, I guess, let's uh, that's going to lead us into this week's keyword challenge. Uh, now, now, here's an actual challenge for you. Can you segue our discussion of audience engagement into our actual keyword for this week? 
probably not. This oh, is going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, I might have been able to, but um, would uh, Calvin, do you want to tell everybody what the keyword challenge is this week? I'm going to put you on the spot. I'd be happy to tell you the keyword for tonight, and I'll also give you a really shoehorn transition. Uh, for us trivia writers, uh, engagement is very important. You kind of like to how cats catnip is very important. Uh, today our keyword is submitted by catnip, who is in Lithuania, and the keyword is, confusingly, catnip. So uh, we have a we're going to spend a couple minutes, five to ten minutes, coming up with the best question we can that has something to do with the keyword tonight, which is catnip. Once again, submitted by the titular catnip from Lithuania. Who has been on the show before. Absolutely. So um, I look forward to hearing all of your cat drug related questions. <laughs> all right, guys, we will see you on the flip side uh, after this ad break. All right, everybody, we are back from our keyword challenge. Today, our keyword is catnip, submitted by catnip. Thank you so much for your submission. And you can submit your keywords on com on the keyword submission form on that site. Uh, that being said, Jeremy, would you like to start us off? Uh, sure, I will uh, I will jump right into this. I, I kind of went a different direction um, because I figured uh, going straight catnip would be a little too easy, but we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see if you guys can get this one. Bradley, Scuba Diver, Thor, and Catnip are just some of the characters you might find in what 2014 parody film starring the likes of Jamie Kennedy, Tara Reid, and Caitlyn Jenner that largely spoofs a much better performing film series that started in 2012? Oh. Okay, wait a minute. I gotta read this starting question. Starting in 2012. I was about to say the Marvel cinematic, but... I guess that's not it. I'm definitely not going to know the parody film. So the rest is just trying to combine. So when I think dumb of names, parody film series, I think of like the scary movie films. Exactly. It's a, it's a but cheap, those were way before 2012. It's, no, you're no, you're never going to have heard of this one. It's a cheap, whatever. Schlocky, um, from what I know, and I will say this to like lead you guys in the direction, it's... it is written by the, the same people who did Scary Movie and not another teen movie. Okay, great. Uh, that's um, that's the oh um... gosh, okay. I, wait, starting 2012, really? Catnip, are we, are we talking about a young adult book uh, series turned movie? I, I think you are, yeah. Okay, you've got this, and I don't. Well, I was thinking it was The Hunger Games because Catnip sounds like Katniss, but 2012 seems really late for Hunger Games to have come out. But I also fully admit that that might just be me. Do you remember when Hunger Games came out? The first one? Was it, 2012? Uh, was it that late? No, I don't think. I want to say it was like late 2000s. Okay. Well, it's not Twilight also, right? Because Twilight came out before 2012 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I mean, my guess, my best guess would have been the Hunger Games. The twenty twelve doesn't sound right. Yeah. Um, well, least... it's a keyword. Let's, unless you have a better guess than that, I think we might just have to guess something. Uh, okay, so I'll say this: you're on the right track with the Hunger Games. Now, if you had to turn that into a parody film, what would you call it? Oh come on! You're gonna make me call the the. You're gonna make me come up with a a dumb 
<laughs> Dumb. Um, Is that the Thirsty Games? <laughs> um, no. The Hanger Games. Oh, you're getting closer. Oh, the the. Don't, don't make me do this. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, put us out of my misery, Jeremy. What's the answer? <laughs> uh, it is the Hungover Games. Oh, oh God damn it. I, okay. I never heard of that. But <laughs> it, it, I don't I mean, think you were supposed to have. That's no. something that I would definitely watch. Um, with what catnip if... being catnip evergreen uh, instead of Katniss oh, Everdeen. Lord. What if I were a crappy film exec? Have not seen this one. Try to come up with the title of a parody movie. What would I call it? Hung over games. That's what I would expect. Oh okay. my god. Well, you know, par par for the course, uh, I think for 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 them. So, yes. but I do love the question itself. Uh, yeah. Super current ish. Um, <laughs> ish ish. Seven years. <laughs> yeah, seven years ago. Uh, long enough that it's been in the. Uh, public eye for anybody who watches just dumb like right teen spoof yeah. movies um, which used to be me when i was younger uh, i haven't really watched a lot of the they newer were, ones but I, scary movie I'm, was so i'm good. just getting old they oh scary movie be, was, was no old. they used to be better for sure yeah. yeah you know scary movie road trip uh those, <laughs> those the, that that era of movies that like yeah they were dumb comedies but it was also the right age for it yeah they were just they were just you put on you put them on to laugh there was no story like i mean they had like like you could also argue that Austin Powers was a parody movie. Yes, it was. Yeah, killed James Bond basically. <laughs> Mike Myers strangled James Bond to death in three right. movies. Well, before we get too far down that anyway. digression, uh, Jacob, would you like to uh, lead us into the next question oh, here? Sure thing. Sure Let's thing. See what you had to come All up right. with here. Nepectalone is a substance used to alter the mind of a certain four-legged animal but also has been known to help humans with anxiety, insomnia, and migraines, just to name a few, and is taken from what better-known plant name? Uh, I think I got this one. Uh, how, how about you, Calvin? Yeah, I think I, I think I know it, too. Use your animal three letters long. Uh, it is. Does it start with a C? Yes. And are they little oh, assholes? Sorry. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, a, a hint, if you rub its belly, it will bite you. Oh, so it's a pug. Oh, I was oh, thinking a cow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which also might be the case. Or a um, cod? Cod, there you go. Or a cod, oh yes. <laughs> yep, it's catnip. I went ahead and threw the uh, the keyword and the answer this time. Uh, that works. But yeah. Uh, and I, I believe that is a very fair question. Actually, I really like the question. Straight up, you could use it as like a general knowledge question. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a good red herring in here because of how um, uh, four-legged animals are. Well, no, not only <laughs> no, that, kidding. but I'm thinking the uh, where you're saying it can be used to treat anxiety, insomnia, and migraines. People might lean towards CBD oil. Yep. Um, so there is a red herring in there, and I like that. So people have to kind of think about it, but when then you go back to the four-legged animal, it's like, well, what does that have to do with you yeah. know dogs or cats? And people yeah. go, oh, cat, cat, and it, you know, it's like you're right. definitely not supposed. to. I think every vet in the world tells you not to. Oh yeah, in the like pets. like in the top five like Google results uh, under catnip, just googling it straight out was uh, like ASPCA. Do not give your cat catnip; it can cause vomiting and diarrhea. And it's like, yeah, but they're high. 
but yeah, it's uh, I, I think it's a very good question. I, I don't have any nitpicky stuff with it. You don't have any cat nippy stuff? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, what about you, Calvin? Let's hop okay. into yours. Let us conclude our trifecta of questions. Uh, my question goes, in 2009, DuPont licensed a new human-safe insect repellent derived from what plant in the mint family? You could probably make some yourself, I suppose, if you stop by your local pet store. Uh, once again, I think we know the answer to this one. Um, Fairly certain. Yeah. So we have catnip in the answer again here, but let, let's uh, dissect the question a little bit then. I, I like this because I learned something from it. Uh, mostly because I deviated during the research on catnip. And I'm like, there has to be a character named catnip in something, especially because of the Hunger Games. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I found, you know, just went down a completely different rabbit hole. Um, so I really uh, like this. I, I did not know that there was an insect repellent. That can yeah. Be named so from it. The, the catnip plant itself is naturally or naturally repels insects. The only thing I don't quite like about this question is I think it's a little too vague. There's nothing like other than the fact that DuPont licensed it, which I guess is a fact. Like if you name another, like if there's another uh, like pet friendly minty plant, I can't really say you were wrong. You know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. a good guess. So like, if I could find one more good way to lock in that it's catnip and not some other vague herb, I think that would be ideal. So you're saying if you had more than 10 minutes to really deep dive this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, work on some wording. <laughs> um, and actually, I didn't know it was in the mint family either. I I think that's right. I'm like 90% sure that I, I. Yeah, I think it's in the mint family. I mean, I just did the research. I, it is in the mint family. I saw that on my... You know, like like taxonomy gets a bit weird when you're like, I guess family is a, yeah, family. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's a mint. Yeah, so the, like I said, I, I think that's a good question going back to what we talked about earlier in the episode too. It's, uh, I, I learned stuff from this question. Yep, absolutely. For sure. Well, I guess it is fortunate that Catnip could submit a question. <laughs> about with, Catnip. Exactly. Featuring said username. And, uh, yeah, maybe I don't think that works for everyone. Please don't just submit keywords of your username if there's no <laughs> question about it. The cat, catnip was fortunate. So, yes, it works yes. out really well. Um, you get, you get three shout outs all throughout the show. Yeah, exactly. We just keep saying your username, so everybody's gonna be looking for catnip now. Catnip, catnip, catnip. And I love catnip. Catnip is awesome. Uh, she yes. comes into the Twitch stream sometimes, even when we're doing marbles, and uh, hangs out with us. So, that, there you go. So thank you, Catnip. With three questions. Yeah, thank you, Catnip, for submitting that. Um, and if you would like to submit a question, again, go to quadriviapodcast.com. But also, go to quadriviapodcast.com and vote for your favorite of tonight's keyword questions. There will be a poll there up on the site with the questions uh, listed. Um, with all that said, Calvin, uh, I heard you prepared a game for us tonight. Yes, I did. So it's the two of you. I guess you're going to be playing as a team. I have 10 general questions for you. And the one catch, since we're talking about audience engagement, is that these were all kind of questions that resonated with my players when I asked them for one reason or another. I know you guys don't particularly care about my audience, but so I'll try to keep it to like a one sentence blurb of why it was relevant 
but generally speaking, they're all just general questions that people have either commented like, oh, I remember that question, or it caused some ruckus in in chat, or people bring it up. So, all right, it, 10 general knowledge questions. Sweet. Shall we get started with number one? Good place Let to start. Go. Okay. Uh, question number one. Urban legend says the shape of what food was created to mock an Ottoman defeat in Budapest in 1683. Kanye West would like them a little faster, please. Uh, banana. Um... <laughs> they specifically grew a banana to mock the Turks. <laughs> that's, that's... that's nobody's business but the Turks. All right. Um, Kanye West would like them a little faster. What did God, I don't know my Kanye? I don't either. I'm I, yes. I, 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 as in I, clearly that's from a song lyric, right? Like yes. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, cheese wheel. <laughs> they you were closer. You were closer with banana because what oh, would okay. be the what would be the Ottoman symbol? It was the moon and star, star just the, star fruit. Just the, just the moon. Oh, the, oh, that's okay. oh crescent. Okay, uh, so was it banana? I mean, because it's a crescent. I don't you know. Can't grow, like, you can't grow banana. <laughs> no, um, say crescent a couple times, and I think you'll be croissant. Fine. Croissant. Croissant. In a French ass restaurant, hurry up with my damn <laughs> croissants. Okay, because you kept saying grow it, so I went away from baked goods. Oh yeah, I, I was like, that was that was me being snarky, like oh. How can you grow <laughs> something to mock a defeat? Oh, gotcha. Okay, so I, I was just reading this wrong. So that was that was yeah. my bad. So the shape of what food was created. Gotcha. Correct. There we go. It was the croissant. 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 Yeah, that's not how Kanye West said it. I think he said it with a hard R. Question number two. In the 2007 video game Call of Duty 4, the introduction video starts with the line, 50,000 people used to live here. Now it's a ghost town. This refers to what real world location? I know this one. Oh man, I haven't played this in years. So my um my initial thought, just off the top of my head, because it's a ghost town, would be Chernobyl, um, or Pripyat, somewhere in that area. But um, if you know this, by Jacob, all means, you want to tell us a little yeah, bit about it, what the so, mission was. <laughs> well, uh, the mission I don't remember. I just oh, yeah. remember seeing this question somewhere, and it it jumped my memory of the game. But oh, it yeah. is it is Pripyat. Yeah. Um, and- I'm not one of those sticklers for technically the city is called Pripyat. Chernobyl was, yeah, obviously I took Chernobyl. Okay. So just uh, because of that, now it's a go. So great clue in that question, because immediately I go, where did people used to live that don't live anymore? Right. Yes. And I have a few of those places left on the planet. I mean, I've been slowly tweaking this question. I actually tweaked it when I asked you guys, I had originally added a clause what real world location that was abandoned in the 1980s okay but i felt like you know you guys are clever and you don't need that hint and you guys are clever and you didn't need that hint. so <laughs> um i would even keep it out in a live environment because yeah. it'll get people thinking because if you go 1980s you've got exactly. one there's only one answer right? yeah you've exactly. got one exactly. especially with the uh um popularity of the hbo show uh oh uh, I, Chernobyl. Sh- I should comment also that question was written before the television oh. show came out so as it goes to trivia right if it's cool enough if you find something cool enough that doesn't have something about it it's cool enough that someone's going to make something about it so uh damn right there you go cool so uh question number three uh if 
Pam wanted to order an onion appetizer before the Dundies, she would not order a blooming onion, but rather what dish? Uh, okay. okay, I know this is an office thing. Yeah, so that out. I know that they had the Dundies at Chili's, I think. Correct. Oh, so is it, would it be the Awesome Blossom? It is the Awesome Blossom. Well done. Oh, oh, I haven't quickly. So I could run through quickly. Uh, number one, there was, I think there's one member who was like, that's a really strange song to have a Kanye quote, or that's a really strange song to pick a Kanye quote from. It's like not like super popular. So he was like confused why I added it. I'm like, I don't know. It sounded right. Uh, number two, a lot of people were played Call of Duty 4 and really got into discussing it. Number three. And then number three was um, people in San Francisco. We don't have a Chili's here, but um, kind of like fast chain or fast casual is like my favorite type of food and drink question because it just juxtaposes like all the foodies like wanting authentic or super high end stuff. I'm like, nope, we're going to do a Chili's question. Wait, but you guys I'm don't have say a Chili's? Chili's? I don't think we do in the city. We have some oh, um, in the ordinance city. against... Uh, like chain Chains. restaurants open yeah up. exactly yeah so i didn't know that i just i was thinking like in the general area i'm like there's no like i've been to san francisco like <laughs> yeah. and in the surrounding areas like did i ever see a chili's now i got nothing like have i ever seen a chili's there <laughs> yeah so yeah just the novelty of being like oh gosh you have to name a chili's appetizer but then they just throw in the wrinkle of like oh it's the office everyone's gonna everyone has someone on the team who can get that yeah so it's like okay um let's move on to question number four uh, what African country of roughly 25 million people takes its name from the Portuguese word for shrimp due to the abundance of shrimp in the Wauri River? Oh, he went to geography. I yep, am, uh, yep. Uh, slash language. Uh, slash languages. If you've been to if you've been to a seafood restaurant of the Portuguese uh, variety and or the Spanish variety, it's a little bit of a stretch. Shrimp is... Oh my god. I'm going to have to dig into this one. Um... I mean, I, I don't know what shrimp is in Spanish. I, don't know what it's in <laughs> I, I, I know. I'm like, I'm trying to remember what is in yeah. Spanish because it's probably, I mean, Portuguese and Spanish are similar, similar enough. Yeah. It's, right. it's, yeah, exactly. I think they're equivalent. No. Once again, I'm also in San Francisco, which has a, it's a little closer to the border or a little more Spanish influenced than many other places in the United States. So. Combining Africa and so n- name some Spain. African countries. Let me see if something jogs. Uh... <laughs> oh, God, okay. Uh, it has. Oh, how do how do I want? Okay, what hint can I give Cote you? Cote d'Ivoire. Um... <laughs> um, it's like I don't want it, like. Oh man, that's a really callous kind of comment. It's like pronounceable. Like it, it's not like it's not like African, obviously, because it's derived from a Portuguese word. So it's not like your Kenya's, Ghana's, Ethiopia's, yeah. so on and so forth. Um, kind of sounds like a person's name. <laughs> and it's not that one. <laughs> there's yeah, two there's two countries that sound like someone's name. Um one is someone's name. Uh, I this is like this is okay, my weak spot in trivia. That's okay. There are so many um, countries in Africa too. Just, I know. It's so, uh, so uh, in Spanish, uh, shrimp is camarones. Oh, okay. So it's uh, cameron or cameron exactly. or whatever. Cameron. Yeah, Cam- cameron. Cameroon. There we go. Yes. Two O's. Exactly. Uh, this question was interesting because um, there's a, another country called the Gambia. 
And apparently uh, gambas is like a prawn in Portuguese. And then people are arguing about the validity of a prawn versus like a gamba versus a camarón. And I mean, prawns are like shrimp, but they have like more like. Exactly. So like there was a language slash food discussion in chat to that question and some salty team who turned in gambas or the Gambia because they thought it was from gambas, but it's a completely different origin and Cameroon's better. So Cameroon is <laughs> Cameroon's better. Yeah, it's a better answer. And, th- and once again, th- these questions are a little on the hard side for two people. I, I don't usually, I try to write questions for larger groups, so we'll see. Um, let's move on to another language question, but not one from Africa. Uh, because their ears resemble a butterfly's wings, what dog breed gets its name from the French word for butterfly? Alternatively, they're also called the much less fun continental toy uh, spaniel. Okay, so butterfly in yes and you can roughly get an idea of what this dog looks like because it's also called a continental toy spaniel and they have very butterfly-y ears okay um i think butterfly in french is papillon you think that's right you know a lot more french so what (laughs) what dog breed is is it is just called the papillon? It's called the papillon. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm like good pull. Like I'm yeah. like I'm pretty sure that's butterfly in French. It actually yes. came up recently at a trivia thing, and I'm like, okay. There's I, also a movie called Papillon about a French war prisoner who escapes, and Papillon's his nickname. So there's that source as well. But I think the dogs are cuter. Uh, this was. I asked this question in the very first week of virtual trivia and I showed a lot of pictures of dogs and I think people like pictures of dogs. Fair enough. So there you go. Sports. In 2014, what candy released a limited special edition of blue and green pieces calling it the Seattle mix? So I want the candy. So one more time, what can in 2014, what candy released a limited special edition of blue and green pieces calling it the Seattle mix? Okay, so this right. is gotta be based on the Seahawks. So yeah, I'm I'm narrowing it down to two, I think, in my head. Um and those would be Skittles and MMs. That's exactly where my mind was going. Um, I can tell you it is either Skittles or MMs. Okay. Oh well, right. thank you. <laughs> your your um, statement is true. <laughs> that statement would, is true. I would think I'm gonna lean more towards MMs. Um, okay. Because it's easier for them to have a a two colored set as opposed to Skittles because there's so many more flavors with Skittles, whereas M Ms are always one flavor; they're just different colors. Well, because Skittles are taste the rainbow, so I don't know if they really ever change up a lot of their colors unless there's a lot of them. And then M right. Ms is melt in your mouth and in your hand because your marketing is a lie. Um, <laughs> True that. <laughs> But uh, I, I'm okay with going M and M's. I, yeah. I don't have any any thunder either way. So M and M's, M and M's, it is. Your candy creation knowledge is and logic is perfectly sound, but your sports media knowledge is lacking in this regard. In 2014, when the Seahawks were making their run, Marshawn Lynch was their running back, and Marshawn Lynch would eat a bag of Skittles oh, for every game. So it was solely, uh, 
it, it was it was Skittles. And not because of any sort of candy logic, but solely because of one player on the Seahawks. Didn't logic. he do some... Didn't he do a commercial for Skittles as well? I'm it, pretty sure I, he did. I, then, absolutely. Because yeah, he, the, he, he made Skittles kind of... It was like his thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. He, he was only there so he didn't get fined. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm By the way, the best answer, straight. like the, the best response to the whole, yes. like have to talk to the press thing ever. Fine. Absolutely. If you're going to make me go, that's what I'm going to say to every question. I'm only here so I don't get fined. Oh, man. Marshall Lynch went to Berkeley. I didn't get a chance to see him play, but uh, he had some antics. Oh, yeah. No, he's known for his antics. Yeah. So he's, he's a very beloved Bay Area sports figure still. Uh, this... Uh, Someone who hates sports got this question right and was very proud of it. And every time it, they, she gets a chance, she's like, you remember that Skittles question you asked? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> That's yes, awesome. I do. She was from Seattle, so it's kind of cheating, but <laughs> still, hey. Exactly. Uh, next up. Oh, we're going to go back to geography. What Yay. country uses the top-level internet domain of .ch and whose currency uses the ISO notation of CHF, of which the CH stands for its Latin name, ooh, I can't speak Latin, Confederatio, Confedera, Confederatio, Confo, Confoder, Con, it's basically Confederatio, Confederation, but in Latin, Helvetica. Uh, it'd be okay, the font. Dot um, ch. 99% sure .ch is Switzerland. Wow. I would have never uh, gotten there, but... Pretty yes. sure it's Switzerland. They have a really weird one. Um, I'd say so. If I'm wrong on that one, I am, I'm going to kick where, myself. Where do you think the font Helvetica... Or who do you... <laughs> what nationality do you think was the person who created the font Helvetica? <laughs> Swiss? That man was from Switzerland. So yes, oh. this is Switzerland. And you could kind of narrow it also because you know they don't use the euro. But frankly, unless you're European, I don't think a calm like I don't think a casual American is going to know the which countries use the euro and which ones don't. And for me, this was just one of those weird, like in my wheelhouse questions. Like yeah. the, there's no reason that I know that other than I know a lot of the dot whatevers and where yeah. they're from. If you look closely at their their currency, it'll say the word Helvetic, and that's the that's Helvetic is basically like Switzerland. Like hmm. Switzerland's a very like Englishy kind of name for it. So that is a fun fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this one? Uh. Apparently, I asked too many questions about Switzerland, so this is the last question <laughs> I've asked about Switzerland, and it's it's timed out. There's <laughs> I'm not allowed to ask Switzerland questions until <laughs> some point in future. So uh, trust me, my audience remembers. Um, we're coming up onto our last three, I think. So we have this is number seven. Uh, we're going to do a music question slash language question. As you have found out, I really like foreign languages. Um, what two-word non-English phrase has been used in songs, most notable by the Black Eyed Peas, but also by Drake, Jay-Z, and Tevya from a 1964 musical? Um, English phrase, Black Eyed Peas. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of the Tevya hint. Could it be Oybe? 
Oh, it could that's be. true. Um, you're, I don't you, know if that was you've got the used. language. Obviously, you've gotten the language correct. Oive is a good one, but um, if you were to think, like, would you say oive in a clubby, rappy kind of kind of song, or could you think of a better phrase? Let's try to think of Black Eyed Peas or Drake. Or, I don't know a lot of Drake stuff. I don't know a the lot of The Black Eyed Peas song stuff. is definitely the most famous one. Yeah, that's what I'm the trying to think here. Because we have... Uh, let's see. Let's get it started. We have... And for the record, this was a hard one. So it's not like my players got it in droves. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's from I Got a Feeling. It's it's a very repetitive a song. Hmm. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm uh, the, the line immediately preceding in the song is fill up my cup. And then they say something. I, I, I think gotta go, I'm going over the song in my head. Hold on. Okay. I, I, think I, know this. This. I feel like they play it at every single wedding known to man. It's it's like the cheers, right? Like when you when you got a drink in your hand. Oh, you fill up my cup. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Oh. <sighs> Yeah. I was thinking of all the Yiddish I knew, and I'm just I like, know. what else could it be? But, uh, yeah. No, I, 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 I literally was going through the song in my head. I'm like, I know most of this song. Yeah. I, I in, in hindsight, I should say, I should have said the song titles. I think opening it up, I, even that wouldn't have given it away, I think. No. I think in hindsight, adding the titles doesn't, like, you know, it still doesn't make it obvious, but, like, people can get to it a little quicker. Because they don't have to go through their entire catalog of Black Eyed Peas songs in their head. Because seriously, who knows that? Uh, one fun story from this question. Uh, a girl was so upset at missing this question because she put Laheim, which does appear in many of these songs. But oh. the argument of whether it's one or two words is real sketchy. <laughs> and yeah. you, you, I mean, she was Jewish, so she was like, this is... This mm. I'm so this upset is about this question. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oy vey. Exactly. So, oh well. So yeah, that was eight. Then we have nine and ten left. It looks like. Okay, so this one's one of my miscellaneous questions. Uh, what word can describe the group of wrestlers that include the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, former quarterback Joe Flacco, hotly contested that is, or an annual basketball quarterfinal? Um, what word can describe wrestlers? Well, the annual basketball quarterfinal is the Elite Eight, or is that the... No, it's not the Final Four, because that's not the quarterfinal. Mm -hmm. Sweet 16. So Sweet, maybe? Because, oh, yeah, Sweet. I almost guarantee it's Sweet. Sorry, I got it from the wrestling question. I went back to wrestling more. Young Bucks and Kenny Omega? Yeah, isn't that... Aren't they Sweet? I thought... Oh. Wait, hold on. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong wrestlers. I was going for their TNT thing. Oh, I don't know enough about wrestling. That's <laughs> um, that's, that's something I had to look up. So, um, okay, now I'm rethinking. So, hotly contested. So it could be elite. If that's the quarterfinal, so I think the elite eight is the quarterfinal, right? Because you have the wait a minute. Uh, so you got see so the final. You have the semifinal, which is the final four. Then you have the quarterfinal, which is the elite eight. Okay, so elite. Yes, it had to okay. be. Okay, that would make sense with the Young Bucks yes. and Kenny Omega as well. Yes, AEW, I think, right? Is yeah. their their All thing? Elite the wrestling, e stands yeah. for elite. And uh, you guys don't read. It sounds like you don't read 
uh, trash ESPN articles, but there was a meme from a while back of yeah. is Joe Flacco an elite quarterback? Oh, okay. Yeah, the gotcha. I was like, where? Like, uh, I was thinking too sweet is what was coming to head, and I was mixing yeah. things up. Sweet was a very good guess, and you can easily convince yourself that it's fitting, but uh, elite is the good er good er answer. <laughs> it's a good answer. It's correct because of the quarterfinal. Everything else is a little bit more nebulous. Yeah, I was uh, trying to do that in my head. I'm like, eh, I guess not the This one rolled up a lot of people because when I ask sports questions, they tend to be more like they're less about sports facts and more about like it, it gets a little like gossip raggy kind of just for fun because like I don't want people to remember old stuff. So, you know, people are arguing whether Joe Flacco was elite for like the next two months. Any single time <laughs> I would ask anything about a football question at all, it'd be like, well, is blank elite? Like Joe Flacco. <laughs> like Joe Flacco. Like Joe Flacco. <laughs> so there was even a Ravens fan, which made it even more insufferable. Yeah. I mean, um, Joe Flacco had a good season or two. Oh, uh, yeah. Tell me all about it. I mean, he defeated the Niners to... in the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need to bring it up. And uh, that takes us to our last question. Question number 10. No language. We're doing cereals. What cereal brand used to have a Twitter handle solely for their mascot, but had to close it in 2018 due to not safe for work comments from a certain subgroup? Oh, God. Oh, God. I already know what this has to be just because. Um, uh, so you okay. can name the cereal. Like, um, if you name I, I, the I'm, I'm going mascot, to assume it's, it's Tony the Tiger and probably the furries were getting um, very not oh, safe for work. Jeez. It in. Indeed, was Tony the Tiger of fame. Oh, I love this question so much, guys. Like it's, it's like, it's like, it. You know, it's like it's it's a it's a safe for work trivia question, right? Like I, I wouldn't ask like a corporation this question by any stretch, but like if you want to like kind of keep it fun. I think it's plausible. And also it puts people in the uncomfortable position of arguing about who is the hottest <laughs> cereal mascot. <laughs> you know, it's oh, like Captain the Crush. tricks, the tricks rabbit. <laughs> right. It's like, eh, really? I mean, you're, you're not that, far. that tall lanky, tall lanky type. Like maybe. I mean, uh, Chester. Cap no, no, not Chester. He's a he's Captain a Crunch. Is, is Captain Crunch there. is up there. You got, you're into that you daddy the thing. The leprechaun from Lucky Charms. If you're into redheads, yeah, exactly. Like you could justify it. Count Chocula after Count Twilight Chocula, came out. He's, it's, he's a good-looking guy. It's all possible, but in no, indeed, Tony the Tiger. If you're like, oh, whoops, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, um, I didn't know this was a thing. I, I don't remember this happening. I don't either. Just reading the it, question, it, I'm like, I know what it has to be. Yeah, it, like, has, to be. it has to be. And that's okay. I don't want yeah. anyone to be like, oh, yeah, I saw that Twitter conversation. I know who it was. <laughs> or, I mean, that's up to you if you got to. It doesn't matter how you got to the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just oh, like, yeah, I was banned by. <laughs> I know Internet subculture and I know where it goes. And it I mean, the furries. <laughs> I mean, just no offense like, to any furries if we're going to step back and take a quick little time out, like, I mean, have you seen Tony the Tiger? <laughs> like, it's. It's pretty much like target demographic of furries. So like, yeah, it's. A, oh, it's my a, God. That, that's that got to be the episode Tiger. Tony the Tiger, target demographic of furries. There it I is. mean, could you that's name it. like there's not even like a number two, right? Like Tony the Tiger is by far the 
furry bait yeast of cereal mascots. <laughs> right? Like, can you even make an argument? Uh, no, I don't like, think you like can. Like Fruit Loops? Are you? I mean, the, you, yeah, you the Pelican. Me? No, Toucan. Toucan Sam. Yeah. Toucan <laughs> Sam? What? Exactly. You can't. Nothing to do that. So. Oh, uh, yeah. Turn it higher. Uh, uh, you I mean, totally big nose. <laughs> Jesus Christ. (laughs) Anyway, uh, those are 10 questions, general questions that uh, spawn some fun conversation and kind of like internal references. I would say so. That was a great game, Calvin. That was a great game. Good way to end it, too. (laughs) (sighs) Well, if we're going to end it on that note, I guess we might as well do the official wrap up and outro. I guess right, I can take, get us yeah. started. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, my name's Calvin. I'm with Footnote Trivia in San Francisco. I am Jacob Hine with Hindsight Trivia in Louisville, Kentucky. And I am Jeremy with Liquid Courage Entertainment in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, you can email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to send us uh, like what we talked about earlier. What makes a host or a game engaging for you as a player? Uh, you can reach out to us at Quadriviapod on Twitter, at Quadriviapod on Facebook, and at QuadriviaPodcast.com, where Corey has done a fantastic job of updating the website uh, with links to things like our Patreon, um, Anchor.fm, uh, links to the keyword challenges, and a form where you can send in your keywords right there on the website. Uh, Jacob, want to give us our uh, patented outro? <clears throat> Oh, say can you see by the dawn's Engagement is to trivia writers, or no, wait, no, time out, I'm taking it from the top again. I got it right now. <laughs> I see where you're going and I love it. I do Jesus too. Christ. I... <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me stop. Think. Okay. Three, two.